country roads Take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia Welcome to the West Coast Press Podcast, and the reason I am hosting this is because we got two West Virginians over here that I'm not going to get a single word in for the rest of the podcast, so welcome to the West Coast Podcast. West Coast, uh, wow, that was He's terrible. nervous, nervous already. <laughs> I'm not a good host. host every time. <laughs> this is why Chris Jackson's host. You guys introduce yourselves, I'm done. Yeah, as, as you all know, I'm Chris Jackson. I am a proud West Virginia University graduate, as you see right here. I got the special background for our special guest, Steve Slayton, winning the Sugar Bowl. We got Phil Brady in that game, all the big names. I'm sure I'm bringing back a lot of memories for Jason. Yes, uh, Jason Hardy, uh, class of 2005. Oh, boy, that sounds crazy. Uh, Alum, West Virginia alum. Uh, born and raised San Mateo, California, but went to went to good old WVU for uh, college. And I'm over. Uh, yeah, that's that's my school. Love my school. That that background photo is, is kind of <clears throat> is special to me because I was the first class that Rich Rod had at West Virginia. So um, that 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 picture was the culmination of all the hard work and everything we did to get to that moment for those kids. I was, cause I wasn't on the team, but that was, that was, I, those guys were all like my little brothers and my family and all that. And, and to see them play and to dominate an SEC team like that was, was something special. Like I, I'll never forget it. I was watching the game at home in San Mateo and it was just, it was great. Man, that was one of the greatest games. Oh, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen yeah, ever. If Georgia had another two minutes, I think they maybe complete that comeback. Uh, I, a I mean, Coach Rod, I wasn't shocked at the fake punt. I was because a lot of I I wasn't at all. Coach Rod is he always was. He he he's playing to win. He coaches to win. Our team was. I mean, we were at that point. He he he's going to fake that punt. So I mean, you could anybody could say, "Oh, two more minutes, this, that, and the third, But nah, he ain't gonna win. <laughs> it, 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 it got it got a little dicey there at the end, but good old Phil. Yeah, it, it did. did. It got, my man Phil Brady. Yeah, Phil. Phil, I love Phil. He was he's a good guy. You know how like on some teams you don't really like, or a lot of the guys you don't like the kickers or punters till like it's time to like them when they got a punt or they got to kick a game. I we actually liked. I actually liked a lot of our uh, – I'm trying to think. Yeah, I did. Like Nate Zinn, Nathan Zinn, still talk to him here and there. Great guy. He works with, um, with the school, taught Phil. Phil Brady was good. Brad Cooper, like our Scott Flint. We had, we had our special teams guys were like part of the family too. It wasn't like they were isolated from the group. They, they were still part of the family. So I was happy for Phil. Phil came a long way, walk on, went in there <clears> – <throat> He punted. So Phil, Phil's a great guy. I love, I love Phil. So I will give them that. They, they, we actually did like them. They like, you know, went to hung out with us and all that stuff. So it was cool. I feel like West Virginia has always had interesting special teams guys. Those feel like likable guys. Cause you go to Pat McAfee after that. Right. 
Right. He had Billy Kenny as a punter a couple of years ago, but it was a spiral every time he punted the ball, and he got cramps every game as a punter. Never. <laughs> and then, yeah. Who? Uh, another one was it? Wasn't it Todd Soderbond? Was he? He was too, right? Yeah, you had him. You had Josh Lambert hitting all those fifty-seven yard yeah. winners. That's crazy, Chris. We we know our school. We're, we're over here quoting, uh, reminiscing, uh, quoting kickers and punters. We're real fans. We're over here talking about naming. We're naming punters right now. <laughs> uh, everything's just going over my head. I'm like, I don't even know. Pat McAfee, I know him. That's I it. Him. Everyone knows Pat McAfee, but there's guys before him that were good. So. Yeah, no, it's it's Virginia football, and Jason Hardy is the guy that got Pat White and Steve Sighton to West Virginia. So I think on the air, we need to let everybody know that the reason why West Virginia won two BCS Bowl games in a few years span is because of this. Uh, well, I I was part of that group that you know helped get them there. Um, we we give details, but I'm just gonna say they were both committed elsewhere before. So, and then we, you know, we got him there. Now, Pat was interesting. You know, he had the LSU, and he was a big-time player from Alabama and everything. But uh, so he was – and then and then Pat had baseball. That came late. So our coaches had to go back and talk to him after the baseball draft because he was like a fourth-rounder, I think, by the Angels or something like that. So he was – he signed, committed. We were all like, oh, okay, cool. Then we get word he gets drafted. And we're like, oh boy! I was like, oh no, he ain't might not be coming. So we were all nervous there. We were real nervous. And then Steve had just the Maryland thing. And then I remember talking to him, and then you know talking to him, Coach Kalav, who recruited him. But and then you know he was down. He was down. And I was like, bro, don't be down. Maryland's not good. We're better than them anyway. You're getting going to a better school anyway. So. Come on, man. I had to talk. You know, you got to talk to him. You got to love up the kids sometimes. But I was like, man, don't worry about Maryland. We're not good. Like, why do you want to go to Maryland anyway? Everyone there's got their weird state flag. Exactly. And, we, and the funny thing is, we beat them every time. And then after my senior so we went a streak there. We were losing to them. And then my senior year, we finally beat them in overtime. And then we didn't lose to them forever. Like, they had Sean Merriman, we beat him. They had a bunch of those other – we beat him. Like, so, Steve, I was, I knew he was happy that he went because I haven't talked to Steve in a while, but I know he was happy that he went just by you, the background photo you got. <laughs> but the real question is, you guys be recruiters. Why would you want to go to West Virginia? Why would I, you? If I was what? Why would you want to go to West Virginia? Oh, gosh. Come on, that's, that's a no-brainer. It's a it's a no brainer. It, I mean, it was a no brainer for me. Let's I I'll put it to you that way. I, I had we're two California guys that ended up in West Virginia. That's exactly. Someone needs to know. I met a kid from San Diego that went there too. Again. Okay, awesome. nice. We had one other. We we had four California players total on our team, and then one kid I knew who randomly went there. He was from, I think, Sacramento or something, Vallejo, Sacramento. He was a cool kid. He, he like, came up to me and was like, hey, man, you're from San Mateo. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'm from Sac. I was like, hey, what's up? And then I started partying with the dude. We were cool. <laughs> so it was, like, instant. Very West Virginia thing right there. Right, very West Virginia. You go to West Virginia, top five college town. Right. Beautiful. You get the four, you get the four seasons. You get big-time sports. It is. And then when I was there, we were we were top 10 in the country on my team. We were with bowl games, winning all the time. 
And then the basketball team was really good. That's the Mike Gansey, Pat Beeline. And then they were they were Elite Eight, Sweet 16. And then the women's soccer team was winning. I mean, we used to tailgate or party for the women's soccer games because they were good. The women's like, soccer was big there, man. I don't think people realize. Uh, they were in the national championship a couple of years ago. They were. I was at that game. I was at that game. Yeah, one of my best friends is the Lisa Stoya. She's she, she. We went to school together. So then she, we went. Me and my mom went to the final four and the championship. Then they ended up losing the USC last set. I was. I was. I, I was actually more mad about that. <laughs> I was like mad that we lost. I was like it like ruined like me for like two months. I was like. I was so mad. I'm like, women's soccer, I'm really mad. Everyone's like, what's wrong? I'm like, man, did you see the game? We lost to USC. And they're like, in what? You guys in I said, no, women's soccer, dude. Women's soccer. Come on, man. Elite. We want to be the best. But no, we, I mean, we, every, everything was good there. It wasn't, I just, I just enjoyed, I got every, it's funny. I got everything I wanted from that school. Like, I remember when I was coming out and who was, who was recruited me, it was, you know, West coast schools. I had one Syracuse, Michigan state, Michigan. I was waiting on Michigan state. My mom's from Detroit. So Midwest family, you know, want to go there. But like, when I look back on it now, West Virginia gave me everything I want. I got to play for a top 10 team in the country. I was far away from home. I, I met new people. I, I went out on my own. Um, I got to play a lot. I played a lot, a lot. I mean, all that led the team in sacks, all that. But I think that's what I was looking for in the college experience was Morgantown. You know, I wanted to go to a place where the games are packed. We 60, 70,000 fans every single game. We, we played James Madison and the thing was sold out. I'm like, James Madison, like, come on, man. They're FCS team and we selling out people out there tailgating. You couldn't tell. They're out there, Chris knows, they're lining up for the tailgate on Wednesday. Yep. They got RVs in the Coliseum parking RVs in the Coliseum parking lot on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And then that's that's on that's we're playing James. You couldn't tell if we're playing Virginia Tech when we when we when it was a top ten matchup or if it was James Madison. You couldn't tell. They they partying, they tailgating the exact same. They're just as loud, it's just as packed. Like and I wouldn't have got any of that on the West Coast at all, Nothing, especially then. There's there's nothing, no. So that's why I say West Virginia. You are gonna get everything there. Oh, you're you're the pro team of the state. You go here to Cal or Stanford. Even when Stanford had their big teams, it still wasn't selling out. They weren't selling out exactly. every night. No, it's funny. Like I I went to me and you talked about this. I went to well, San Diego State on a trip. Like there's like 10,000 fans, if that. I had a Qualcomm. I'm like, this ain't loud. And then I had buddies that played at Cal and at Stanford. I'm like, this is – at Fresno, I'm like, this is lame. Like, I'm like, what's like this? The crowd ain't loud. West Virginia spoiled me. I'm like, I go to other stadiums. I'm like, it's not even loud. Like, why are they using signals? There's no need. It's not loud. Like, and then everyone's like, oh, my goodness, it's loud. I'm like – Bro, you have no idea at Virginia Tech, at the old Orange Bowl in Miami, that's loud. Where you can't even hear the person two feet from you. That's loud. Yeah, people don't understand. You go to a Cal game, they've got people telling their students what to chant. Yeah, exactly. They tell the, them when to stop. Yeah, the Cal, yeah, tell them when to stop. Start. West Virginia, I, we have no yell leaders at West Virginia. They're just loud the entire time. 
It's just loud the entire time. I'm just like, you go to, yeah, exactly. You go to a cow game, they got the little signs that says, go for, or go, and they got to tell them what to say. I'm like, oh, I'm like, and you ever is... seen You ever seen the West Virginia pregame show for the band? Everybody is there for that thing. Yes. I, I always loved that part. That part always got me excited because as we did warm-ups, then we would come in to the drum line of West Virginia as we go in. And then it was funny. It's like, like Chris, it's like me and you, we're like family now. It's yep. like, it's not even, okay. yeah. So just, just on that, but it's like, I knew like four people in the band. Like, so like they were in the drum line. So right at the game, they'd be like, Jace, I'm like, I'd be like, oh, hey, Mike. And then we'd like high five. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, we knew every, like, you know, everybody, like, it's cool. Like, well, like, like if you're West Virginia, you got that flying WB, your, your family. Like, right. Instantly. Like, I guarantee you, Jason and I are going to watch a lot of West Virginia games. Oh, for sure. That's going to happen. We'll, oh, we'll get, we'll get Coach T. We'll get him in there watching his little weird Texas Longhorns who never achieve what they're supposed to. Right. The most. They can't beat, they can't beat West Virginia and Austin. I love how they always say they're back and they do their, they're back. I'm like, bro, you're not back. Stop. <laughs> to Maryland twice. I know. It's yeah. Sam Ellinger with the, with the word back. I said, bro, come on, man. This is this is crazy. You you just every time they get a little success, they're back or they. Well, I say, where'd you? Why'd you guys leave? Mm-hmm. You know, so you Texas, you shouldn't leave. You should get every recruit in Texas. Why did you leave? There will be a Texas not back trending at some point this year. Okay, yeah, oh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I mean, they sound- might, when they lose to the you, when Gary Patterson beats them again, it sounds good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know what, Greg, I'll let you ask the first real question we got for him because this might be the only one you get in. So I don't even know what, what's the real first question anymore. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> You're so off track. You don't even know what it is. It's okay. I don't, I don't know how to host, but so you went to Sarah and then the junior college. What led you to San Mateo and how much did the Duco route uh, help you? So um, I went to, went to, went to Sarah I was, you know, I, it, it's kind of the reason why I coached, to be honest. Now, I got overlooked uh, reasons that, you know, may have been mine, but a lot of them weren't. That's a, another story, but um, that's another one. But um, <laughs> it's funny what you can find out about things. Um, so... Um, I went went to went to college at San Mateo. I went to I went to City College of San Francisco first, and then uh, I was playing tight end. That was when I was a tight end, actually. So I had dreams of being a tight end. You know, all big dudes that are can catch the ball. You want to be a tight end and catch touchdowns, and that's that's the normal thing. So went there, City College, and I played on the team, played a lot, and then I just didn't feel it. I just wasn't feeling it, and I just you know they they. I just wasn't playing like I thought I was. I didn't think I could leave. I mean, our whole team was going Division One, but at that point, you know, junior college, it's about getting your film out. It's about, you know, having enough film to get noticed. And then I just, it just didn't feel home. San Mateo is home. So then I went to College of San Mateo and then played really well there. And then we, we weren't, we, at the time before I got there, we weren't, ve- they weren't very good. And I wanted to start something like uh, re revamp, re help in the reboot of the program to where it is, to where it is now where we're playing for national championships. So went there, play, played really well. 
it was funny. I caught like 12 touchdowns. I think that was like one of the most things I was proud of. I caught like 12 touchdowns my sophomore year. So um, ended up like I was like a four-star recruit. So that whole – the whole junior college route, it just – it. I wouldn't say it validated me as a football player, but it, it did validate me. That's that's where my confidence was came because my confidence it never really wavered or shared, but I it was like it felt like only me and my folks and a couple other people were like believing in me, like oh I could play football, like I was I was really good or I was this and I, I had to I had to I needed a stage where I could prove that and to get coached and to get um I would say like I said validated. That I was that I was actually a decent player, so the junior college route it helped me with exposure. All of a sudden, I went from I had Division Two. Think out of high school was Division Two Tuskegee. They wanted me to play football and basketball. I had a couple D two offers for hoops, and then I had Purdue wanted me to walk on at um, for football, and that's all I had. That's all I had. And then I went to CSM and ended up four-star recruit. You know what I mean? I had six offers. I had, you know, big-time ones at the time, Syracuse, Utah, uh, San Diego State, West Virginia, obviously. Michigan State, I was waiting on them. Got that offer late. Cal was interested at the time. So I went from Tuskegee D2 walk-on to, like, I'm picking the schools I want to go to now. So that's what junior college did for me. It kind of – it, it it proved my worth. I put the work in and I was able to pick and then I could finally pick the school and then my parents didn't have to pay for college. That was the whole thing. I, I Junior college and, and at the time, and you know, junior college was cheap. It's cheaper than Lord have mercy. It feels like so long ago now, 2001. When I went, it's, it was, so, it was cheap. It was cheaper than, I think it was like 30, 40 something bucks a unit some crazy thing. And I remember my dad goes, Hey man, do they want it in? Cause I went from Sarah and they were like, Hey, do they want the tuition and cash? Like, are you good? Like, I'm like cause he had no problem paying the CSM uh, uh, tuition. So, but yeah, junior college was the, I got some of my best friends that I went to JUCO with. Cause you know, it, it's, you're in that grind together. You're in that everybody else is away at college. Everybody else is doing whatever. And it's just you chasing your dream with a bunch of your friends and their brothers and all that. And kids I grew up with, like the baseball team was really good. Then I knew the whole baseball team. We all grew up together. So it was like, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Like we all policed each other. There was no party and there was no nothing. It was, hey, we're all here to get scholarships. We're all here to win. We're all here to get better. So CSM was like a family. Still is a family to me now. But that that's that's the CSM experience. It made me who I am today. It helped shape me as the, as a person because I, I wasn't afraid of hard work. Never was, but it just it pushed me to another level. And you were a guy that you had 12 touchdown catches as a tight end. You end up at West Virginia. You become an honorable mention All-American as a defensive end. How did you become a defensive end? And then going off that, how did you become one of the top players in all of college football as a defensive end after just such a successful career as a tight end? Right. So <laughs> this is funny. You'll, you'll like this one. So this is back to that Rich Rod I was telling you. The uh, He always plays to win. So, so I get to West Virginia – so then I had the red shirt. 
So I'm, this is the weirdest story and it worked out for the best. I, I, I never forget it. So I get to West Virginia. I'm doing fine. I'm in there in January. I'm a mid-year transfer. I'm cool. I'm doing spring ball. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting ready for spring ball. The clearinghouse red flags a class I took in high school out of the blue. So, so up to that point, you know, I'm telling recruiters up to that point, I'm NCAA qualified, clarify everything. I'm fine. I get to West Virginia, sign nothing. March hits. They uh, coach Donnie Young, God rest his soul. He passed away. He worked in like compliance stuff. And he gets a call from, like, the NCAA, and they're like, well, we red flagged the class for one of your players. And Coach Young's like, who? Like, what are you talking about? So then they red flagged a class I took at Sarah. And then they were how I got a B in – I got a B in the class, and then, therefore, it wasn't – it wasn't certified or some crazy thing. So I was like, point – I, I I kid you not, I was like 0.12 something percent points off from being cl- uh, by the clearinghouse. So I'm like, wait a minute, but for the last year and a half, I've been, you know, a qualifier. Like, why did this happen? So then he, Donnie, coach, Donnie, he protested it, all that. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, this is crazy. What in the world? So he's protesting and protesting the spring ball. I can't participate now. I'm just sitting out. So then by the time I remember by the time the whole thing got cleared up, it was like October. Like, you know, the NCAA, I know Chris and I know how much you guys love them. I hate them probably even more than you guys do, which is, which is crazy. Um, But I hate them for that reason. Like it took them that long. And then they finally said, Oh yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's October. Like, so I ended up having a red shirt. And then Coach Bill Kerlavich, who at the time, my my maybe one of my most favorite person in the world ever, ever. He's him and my him and my dad. I've had I've had really great coaches after high school, I would say that. And he's he's top. But so he was the academic counselor at the time. So all I can do is lift weights and um, just lift and I go to study hall and that's it. That's all I'm part of. I can't practice till till October, till November, whenever it hit. Whenever we go to the bowl game, all this, I can practice. Now, it was, the, it was the worst thing ever. I was ready to go. I wanted to go home. Little tidbit. I'm not going to say his name, but Michigan State found out and was like, yo, if you come here, I can get you eligible. I'm like, that's not true. You can't because it's a clearinghouse thing, but it sounds good. So, so I'm just like, no, I'm not. So I get there. So what happens is now I'm playing at tight end, but me and Bill Kralavich, Coach Kralavich have a relationship now. We're really close. Like just from dealing with him a year, we talked all the time. Two guys, no, excuse me, three defensive linemen get hurt, okay, in spring. Three of them get hurt. We had a bunch of guys leave, so spring ball comes. Coach Rod comes up to me, you know, just experimental basis, like, you know, let, let, we want to move you to defensive end. I was like, did I do something wrong? He goes, no, no, I just, you know, we only got walk-ons there. We just want to put you in there. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. Just experimental, you know, I'm helping. I'm, I'm in that I'll help the team out any way I can attitude. 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I could have been like, no, nah, I'm playing tight end, bro. I'm, no, no, it's not working. But you're in the, I'm just here. I want to help the team. Yada, yada. Okay, I'm, I'm helping the team. But Coach Kralavich is my coach. And then I don't know what I'm doing at all. Nothing. No idea. The technique. Coach Kralav really had to start me from the ground up, like step one. I didn't even know how to get in a stance. I didn't know anything. I didn't play defense in high school. I played here and there, but, like, it was go in there and rush the passer off the edge and go get a sack. So then I'm like, okay, that's cool. I go in there and start killing, like, tackles, sacks, don't know what I'm doing at all, have no clue. And then I remember uh, Coach Rod goes, yeah, we're going we're gonna to move you there permanently. You're, there's, you're not going back to tight end. You have no choice. Um, you're one of the best pass rushers we have already. You're not, you don't even know what you're doing. And I'm like, and then I was like, where? I was like, Hey, did I, did I do something wrong? And then he always said no. And then my dad interesting had a conversation like, you know, did California's like, did Jason goes, did Jason do anything wrong? He goes, Mr. Hardy, my job is to win. And I got to find out to get my 22 best athletes or best football players on the field. And if that means I have to move Jason to from tight end defensive line to do that, then that's what I'm gonna do. And that and that and that's exactly how it went down. And then I I was so green and so didn't know what I was doing that I I just I it was it was a struggle at first because you know I, I don't I don't stay outside all the time and I was taking this chance and that chance, but it was more of I didn't know what I was doing really. So that was like my junior year, but at the time I led the team in sacks still. So I was just like, okay. So then my senior year, I got into the weight room and lifted like I was a D lineman. That's what really put me. I had, I had the, we had the best strength staff, Mike Barwis, who's like, everyone knows Mike Barwis. He's had the TV show. We had Chris Allen. He's, he's one of the, those two are one of the best. So they really, that group, they really pushed me to finally, I lifted finally like, you know, a D lineman. So that really took my game to the next level. Like, I went from just lifting to in there, I'm lifting to get better now. And it was all in the mindset. So that's – and then I ended up leading the team in sacks again as a senior. So I went from – didn't know what I was doing. Ty led top 10 team in the country, top bowl in, in sacks. And I had, I had great teammates to help me along the way. Like, uh, you know, Ben Lynch, he helped me. Um, he was – Ben Lynch was really good, really good nose. Ernest Hunter – Keelan Dykes played in the NFL like they really helped me to to turn it around to like you know hey I'm doing this I'm doing that and like that that part was good so it, like I said Chris we're, we're a family it really is. that's crazy you almost got I, his move is a little different but you got a David Sills feel to it he moves to receiver has no idea what he's doing and then what right. happens all American like you the same time. exactly I think I think it's because we all have great coaches obviously and West Virginia is great coaching Greg it's, oh, yeah. it's it's the coaching it's the you want to get coached well you go to West Virginia they're not just there for the paycheck they actually you know they're actually good coaches <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta you. after hearing you. the story I guess I'll believe it yeah you get <laughs> you get some craziness too how much did Rich Rod intimidate you your first ever time there well what's your craziest Rich Rod stories you got that you can share publicly that I can share yeah um so I re I remember 
okay so we were let me think that's a good one is there, I could I could swear on this podcast or something. I'll, I'll keep it PG. Let's keep it PG. <laughs> the funny part. So he he, I think it was my junior year, right? And during the sum, during the we have like camp and stuff. And you 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 do the you do the two a days. You're done. Blah blah blah. You go there, you eat, then you got meetings, right? And then you get another snack, and then you go to the hotel, and then you have a meeting. Somebody on our team, I don't know who it was, we still don't know to this day. So the bag has a sandwich, a drink, I think chips, and like a cookie, right? It has a cookie. <laughs> Somebody took an extra cookies out the bag and, get, and took like, you know, took somebody's cookies. So they had like additional cookies, like three additional cookies. I remember Coach Rod, he pulls the whole team into a meeting. And we're like, what's this meeting about? He's yelling at us, why are you guys stealing your brother's cookie? What type of team is this? You're stealing your brother's cookie. I'm like, he's really yelling at us about a cookie? <laughs> I was like, I was like, come on, bro. Like, like we literally got yelled at for, he goes, man, this, this just... I just can't understand you guys. Like, why would you steal your brother's cookie? And he said that like five times. And I'm just sitting there like, what? he's really mad, like face red, yelling at us over a cookie. I mean, I get it now as a coach, it's the principal, right? But you're not supposed to take from anybody if you take a cookie. I, I get all that. But at the time, I'm like, this guy's really like down to the details of we're, we're about to run we're about to run the next day. He's going to be a crazy man over a cookie. Like at that point I was like, this guy means business. Like he's not, he's not talking about if we keep contained or if somebody catches a pass or if quarterback throws a pick, no, he's yelling at us. We're running because somebody took a cookie. We need to find out who took the cookie. Still don't know who it was. They wouldn't say. They still wouldn't say. They still, I would have been like, though, you can have my cookie. It's not that serious. Like, if, who? And I was like, who went and told on who? That's the part we were all mad about. Who went and told that the cookie got stolen? Like, come on, bro. You really care? Like, what, what was the running punishment? Did you guys have to run law school hill? Oh, we, no, that was the summertime. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Oh, my God. That thing. I don't think people, under, people don't understand the hills in Morgantown. Then you're on Law School Hills. Oh, it, it was stupid. It was, the, it was the worst experience. Like, it's one of those conditioning things they tell you. Coach Barwis and them would tell you. And then the night before, you can't sleep. I couldn't sleep knowing that we had to run that hill. I think we ran it like 20 times, 20, 25 times. It was timed. And then if you didn't make, it was a conditioning test, but we ran it a bunch. That was the worst thing. I, on that hill, I contemplated quitting football. But everybody does, though. You know what I mean? You're just like to say, I remember it was one time we were climbing the hill. I think I was on like 15, right? So, Chris, you know, so you go all the way up and all the way down. It's like you got three for bigs. I think it was like three minutes. But the three minutes is to get up and get down and that's your rest when you get down. So in three minutes, your next one starts again. Like, Coach Barwis was crazy. I'm like, bro, this is insane. So I, I remember we were on 15. I get to the top of the hill, and I went, F this, screw this, I'm out. 
and started walking I'm at the top of Lock Hill, right? I'm like, bro, this, I'm done with this. Like, it was humid. It was like, it was like 95. You know, the summers, it's 95 degrees, maybe 90% humidity. You can barely breathe. And I'm like, bro, I, I, no, this is, I'm done. This is it. I, I, I no. I started walking at the top of Law School Hill because I lived at a, I lived in the apartment complex op, uh, by the by the uh, by the hospital. So I'm at the top of the hill. I start walking, and all I hear is Bar was, "Hardy, get your ass back down here and come up." I was like, "Okay," and I just went back down. <laughs> I finished, but you have that moment. Law School Hill. It, it really was like. It's like, yeah, I'm about to quit football. I'm going back to San Mateo. That's all I thought about. Now, nah, I'm, I'm done. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> that's, that's the whole campus too. You walk to class downtown. Yeah. If you got, if you live a little off campus, you got to walk downtown, like five stories through oh. stairs to get through to Martin Hall to the mountain layer. Did you ever count how many stairs it was? Oh, I don't know, but they added motivational messages on there. Yeah, friend. they did. That's how you know they were. T- I'm like, well, I got to go all the way down there and back up for a class. Like, come on, one class. And then they're like, oh, you got 20 minutes. to. It's going to take me 10 minutes to go up these all these stairs. Yeah. And then, yeah. You gotta, then if you got to go to the other part of campus across town, you got to take the PRT and that breaks down on you. All the time. I remember we, we used to – so, like, Coach Rod, he was, you know – be on time to class. You got to go to class. I remember there was times like the PRT breaks down. Like, what you want me to do? Like, it don't matter. You better figure it out. And we still had to run. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I guess the little transit thing. It just, it, how many times did you get stuck on there? Oh, I never rode the PRT after my freshman year. I brought, okay. my, I was done. I was yeah, done. I, I, I agree. In the, in the, in the semester I was there. So January to uh, May when I was there in, in the dorms, I think I think it broke down on me like fifteen times. Like no kidding, fifteen at least. And me sandwiched in there with like ten other people in there, all crowded up. I'm like, bro, this this is not gonna work. I can't do this. No, you can't. Uh, yeah, you, 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 nah, the PRT. The then they had a bowler came down the hill there on the side and hit the PRT last year too. Oh wow, the OP. I can't. I can't believe they still have that. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe they still have the PRT. Like when I finally went back, I saw. I said it's still really here. And I was like, man, the oh, same. And it, I lived right on the river, right across from where Ashbrook is, and it would break down in front of my apartment at least three times a day. So I would laugh at the kids every time it broke down there. My laugh too. That, I, I I can't lie. I I started laughing at people too when I see them on there, and I'm like, yeah, that used to be me, but it's still funny from over here. oh my goodness but if rich rod was that crazy about a cookie how disciplined and detail oriented was he as a coach because i imagine if you're that crazy about someone taking a few cookies you got to be really freaking crazy and really detail oriented with reps and practice and everything else i think i think i think that was i think that's what made us a, a good team i mean we had we were we were good players all of us we, he, I think, you know, what one thing he did was he recruited um, blue collar type kids with chips on their shoulder. Like that's, that's what we all were. So he had that and he had to mold that to, to, a, to a good unit, to a great unit. And his attention to detail and his, you know, he was hard on us, you know, yelling at us and all that. But I mean, it, it, like for me, like, yeah. Did I did I not stay outside and went inside for no reason? Yeah, I did. Should I have? No. 
Did I? Yes. Should I get yelled at? Yes. So it's like everything, a lot of it was warranted. And a lot of it, you know, I think he did to motivate us to, 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 to where we, to where the program ended up. So his attention to detail and to always, it, it always felt like in the, as soon as you walked in the building, his, the gas pedal was on. We were on full throttle all the time, every time, everything we did, whether Coach Barwis had us in the weight room, our team in the meetings, Coach Kalav, everything was full throttle all the time, all the time in practice. We, because we played so fast and all that. And then our defense, we had really good coaches there. So it just felt like everything was full throttle all the time. So his attention to details was, it was what we needed. Like, I, I remember games where we played Boston College, and it was my first game starting. And I, I was out there. I, I was killing. So I thought. I think I had, like, ten tackles, couple hurries, all this other stuff. I got the most red marks ever in my life. Like, on our grading sheet, I had the most red marks. I walked in there like, yeah, that's right. I did good. Like, you know, I was happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a little kudos, like, from everybody. Uh, No. I got yelled at for the whole day. I got the most red marks and the worst grade on the team. But I was play. I think I was, like, defensive player of the week that week. Like, if you just look at the stats and how I played, you would have thought, like, yeah, oh, I had a great game. But – Coach Castillo, Coach Kerlab, I've never been yelled at so much in my life. I got blasted in a meeting by Coach Rod. I'm on the field, got blasted again in conditioning on a Monday, got blasted again, ended up getting kicked off the field on defense. They kicked me off, right? And I, but you think, but, but before I started today, I'm thinking, you know, chest out, walking around, yeah, nah. But the, point I learned from that was I didn't I didn't play a good game like when I looked at the film and the details I didn't I didn't play well I was undisciplined I I didn't do my assignment all the time I varied off and did my own stuff at times you know what I mean so and that made me a better player like as my next year and then as I kept going but he did they our coaches and him did that with everybody but those little things is what made us a good team. That's those little things is why that picture in the background and then winning the Sugar Bowl. And that's the picture in the background. I know me and you don't like to talk about it, but they had a chance at a national championship. You know what I mean? The, his details, the coaching staff's attention to details is what, is, what really, is what really took us to another level. And then going off that, talk about what got you into coaching and if you've taken stuff from Rich Rod into your coaching style. I would I would say what got me into coaching, um, I kind of just fell into it. So when I was playing after West Virginia, I was playing, and then uh, I was still trying. You know, the dream. I was still trying to make it to the NFL, and then I was still trying to figure that whole thing out. And then um, waiting and waiting. Went was with the Giants for a little bit, got cut, and then um, was just sitting at home, and then kind of. Um, Coached at Sarah for a while. Um, that kind of just – it kind of just fell into my lap, and I ended up just loving it. So I wouldn't say – I got into coaching to help kids, to be honest, to to be Coach Kalav, like to help kids reach their potential. Like what happened to me in high school 
I didn't want to happen to anybody else in terms of like this is this is before the Patrick Walsh era. Just so we're in fact, it's the coach before him. I'm not gonna say names. I'm not gonna throw nobody on the bus. But my recruiting thing that happened, I felt like I wasn't really coached that well and all that. So then now, you know, Patrick Walsh, how, how his him and his staff have it going at Sarah is great. I loved it. But the previous coaches, the co- head coach wasn't. So I got into coaching so that I could help kids realize their dreams, just like Coach Kralav did for me, just like CSM did for me. Like I got, I had really good, great coaches that looked out after me, thought of me as a person, you know what I mean, helped me out, um, still there for me to this day. I mean, shoot, I, my AAU coach, I still talk to to this day. Like, I want to I wanna be that guy. Like, my AAU coach, Jim McCarthy, I still talk to him to this day. We talk and chat. He followed me. My assistant basketball coach and my other coaches, Coach Rapp, Coach Bob Christensen, we still talk. You know what I mean? Like, I, I called – I remember my um, – Coach Bob Christensen, we're on the in the on the bus to the Gator Bowl. I called him, and I was like, "Hey man, how you doing?" And he goes, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm good." He goes, "Uh, don't you got like a game to get ready for?" I'm like, uh, "I'm like, nah, I just want to see how you doing." Like, you know, what I mean, that relationship. That's why I got into coaching, is to help young men and be a positive influence and to help kids reach their potential. I would say I didn't take anything from Rich Rod. I took it all from Bill Kerlavich. Like he was, Coach Kralav is probably one of the toughest people you ever meet in your life, ever. But on the other flip side, he's a great man and he would be there for me anytime. Like he shoots you straight, never lies to you, tells you things, you know what I mean? That he he's, he loves you. I knew he loved me because he told me anytime a coach or a person tells you things you don't want to hear, that means they love you because they got that much respect for you. Or he, he recognized that I have a chance to be a good player and he coached me hard. That's the ultimate respect. That's the ultimate sign. So I, and that's exactly what I took from him. And that's exactly what I try to do for the kids, all of them, all the kids I coached, whether it was football or basketball, because I coached, I coached a little bit of basketball, but that that's, that's what I took from them is I'm going to coach you hard. I'm going to coach you because I, I believe in you. I see potential. And it's my job to get it out of you. And I'm not going to do it in a nice way. <laughs> I'm just not. It's not always going to be a nice way. It's just not. I'm going to yell at you. And then, but at the end of the day, I'm always here for you, regardless. Regardless. And you've got a really interesting story, too, just because you weren't as recruited out of high school as you mm-hmm. should have been. You went junior college did well you changed positions at West Virginia and it all sounds like it really worked out for you how much do you just kind of preach your story to these kids coming up that even if it's really tough right now it's not going the way you might want it to right now that if you just keep plugging away it can work and will work in the end I think I think kids today um they look at the end product too much like everyone knows like it's funny like people talk to me about you know West Virginia all the time but a lot of people don't, they think I went straight from Sarah to West Virginia and, and it wasn't that, that straight down narrow path. And it's okay to have adversity. It's okay to have a twist and turn the road and a roadblock and something you got to run through and something you got to jump over and something you got to, you know what I mean? To get to your dream. And, and, and I think 
Chris, like you said, I, I tell I tell my story when they ask because I, I feel like why I'm with Giant Skills um, right now is, and, and I love what you guys are doing with, you know, w- w- what you guys are doing is I feel like kids get discouraged if they're not, like, got 10 offers that D1 and they're not all the way, hey, they're not on Twitter saying, hey, I, I want to thank God for the offer and they, they, they want to do that on Twitter. They want to announce it. So it's like, if I'm not doing that or I got this offer, now I'm not very good or I'm not this or I'm not that. And and then negativity creeps into their mind. And I, and I just tell any of my kids that I've coached that, man, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Like, look at me. And I'll tell them, did you guys even know I went to junior? Well, like I said, a bunch of people don't even know I went to junior college till I bring it up. They just look at, oh, I played at West Virginia. So it's like, I want the kids to realize that you have adversity, that's fine, right? And and it's okay. So tell them my story is, I've been in your shoes. I've been in that situation where I'm, I get just a D2, I got two D2 basketball offers and a D2 football and a walk-on at Purdue. But you, you gotta just believe in yourself. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Nobody, nobody else is gonna believe in you if you can't believe in yourself. So my, my story and how it, how it all came up and how it ended up now. And I, like, I look back on it, it, it was perfect. That's I, w- I went through what I was supposed to go through. I did what I was supposed to do for that end goal to be in the position I'm in now. So I just, I like want, when I coach, I make sure I emphasize to everybody, like, you know, it's tough right now. It's not supposed to be easy. Like you're going through stuff. You got to work out. You got to, you got to find out what your weaknesses are. You got to go to camps. You got to ask coaches to watch extra film with you so that you can get there. It's it's not going to just happen. Some people it does. That's great. Right. That is great for them. Some people, they, they step out, they step out the womb and and they're in there and everybody knows they're going D1. You know what I mean? Or they know they go into the league, but that's not everybody. And that don't mean you can't play against that person. I mean, when I was playing, it was it was uh, DJ Williams, right? Everybody's talking about DJ Williams, De La Salle, everybody, everybody, number one player in the country, all this stuff, blah blah blah, right? And I remember we met at a sports focus, well, Kaha Sports was sports focus banquet, and we talked and all that. And he was number one player. Two years later, I'm playing against him in a game, and me and him said what's up to each other in a game. Uh, my, we played Miami. He went to Miami, West Virginia. We played in the Orange Bowl. He goes, Jay, what's up? I'm like, hey, D, what's up with you, right? So our, obviously our paths were different, right? I had to go to two junior colleges. I had to change positions. I had to do all that. And then at the end of the day, the number one player in the country and the number one player in the whole area I'm at, I'm playing against them and we're saying what's up. So who cares what happened, how I got there? I'm there. We're right playing against each other. Was there ever a moment just when you're in junior college, high school, and you just thought that maybe this isn't it, that maybe this isn't going to work out, and maybe I should pursue something else? And then going off that, what was that moment when it just all clicked for you and you realized that it really could all work out? Uh, It's funny. So after I was playing, um, after I was at CSM, I had no offers still even after CSM. I had, you know, the coaches come and they talk to you. They they give you the the the, the handshake and we'll keep you in interest. You know that that whole song and dance, right? I got it. A bunch of schools, but no offers, no legit offers. 
and Syracuse was just calling. No offer. That's why I uh, – and, by the way, never lost to them. But, anyway, I, they really pissed me off. I always play really good against them. <laughs> I can't stand them. So, I'm sitting in my bed. I remember I was sitting in my bed, and I was like, you know what? My career might be over. That's all I was thinking. Like, this might – I might be done. Like, played our last game. I was like, man, this might be it. This might be the end of the journey. Like, I, I, I'm a, so I went and then I went and played basketball at Kenyatta because I was like, I might as well Sonoma State and San Bernardino and a couple other D2s were still wanting me to go play basketball there. So my best friend since fourth grade played basketball at, at Sonoma State, Ryan Hensel. So he, he, I was always in, in contact with the coaches. I go up there and see him. They're like, you know, if the basketball, if the football thing don't work out, you still, you got a spot here. So I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there like, man, I, I really, this is it. I'm done. Like, I'm done. This is it. No scholarship, no nothing. I'm done. And then I said, I, I remember I looked at my, I, I went and I said, if that's it, I got to live with it. And this is what we're going to do. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, it's over. It was a good run. I think I was at peace with it if it was over. Because I went to junior college route. I tried to to do my dream of D1. And then, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Then, all of a sudden, three days later, the phones are just, I'm getting blasted on the phone. Offer here. Offer this. This tea. West Virginia comes with the, I'm just like, what the world? So there was that moment when it was all over. I, I, I was like, oh, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. And what I think what pushed me through was my, my, my parents and my coaches. Like, they always told me to just, you know, believe in myself and Coach, coach O and Coach Tullick and Coach Owens and Coach Tullick just, like, believe in the process and believe in yourself. You're going to be all right. For some reason, they everyone knew that I was going to be all right, except for me. I'm thinking, like, this thing's over. I went to junior college for no reason. I should have just went to school at, you know what I mean, so-and-so. That creeps into your mind. But, yeah, I had, I had plenty of times. And then I was playing basketball, and then next thing you know, West Virginia comes with the offer. And that was the one I, I, you know, it was good. And I was like, hey, I'm out. And I was gone. A week later, they offered me on a, they offered me on a Tuesday. I had to decide by Wednesday night at midnight. Never visited the school, nothing. And then gone. And then they wanted me there by Saturday. <laughs> so I had to do all my packing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was on a flight out gone that's kind of how it worked out but yeah I had, I had doubts the whole time the whole time at the end especially at the I was I was cool up till you know you know how it is you guys see how it is with recruiting when when, when they go dead on you you don't, you're not hearing nothing you're thinking it's over and that's exactly what happened I, it went dead on me for about a month and then all of a sudden boom 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 so that's crazy how it's like all of a sudden as soon as you make that decision that you're at peace with it all yeah, getting the phone calls. Had to, right? That's what that's what I'm saying. I, I, I as soon as as soon as it happened, I, I'll never forget it. I was at peace with it. Like, oh man, you know, you did your best. I tried. I I I told myself that, but I was definitely not done. Country roads, take me home.